This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. Future Talk. Future Talk. With Omyal Saleh and Hany Balkis on Pulse 95. Welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse95. This is the one and only place where we bring you the latest in robotics, artificial intelligence, gadgets, and applications. All that you need to know about what's happening in the digital world is being discussed right here on Pulse95. But this is Future Talk with a little bit of a twist. Hani and I are coming to you from the comforts of our own homes to make sure that you're also being entertained during your quarantine period. But I'm super excited for today's stories because so much is happening in the tech world and we cannot wait to share it all with you. Yes, indeed. And we're having stories coming right out of Sharjah and how Sharjah's tech lab is 3D printing 25,000 face shields every week. Now, 25,000 isn't a small number. Yes, indeed. And especially taking into consideration that they never actually produced any uh, equipments for the medical industry. It's definitely a great change to see them fighting COVID-19. But in another part around the world, in Tunis more specifically, researchers are developing an AI coronavirus scanner. How fast can these scanners be? You're going to be getting the latest updates in just a few moments. Yes, indeed. And we're all about robots right here on Future Talk. And we're going to be talking about how Ghana is turning to drones to enable faster coronavirus testing. Just when you think you had enough about robots, we're going to robots once again, because in Colombia, robots are actually delivering restaurant food to homes. Now, this is my favorite type of robots. Anything that has to do with food, count me in, because I can't wait to see how these robots operate. And I can't wait to see them actually working right here in the UAE. Yes, indeed. And if you ever wondered what space looked like on the day you were born, well, we do know we do have the answer for you. So stay tuned right here on Pulse 95 to find out. Pulse 95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Welcome back to Pulse 95. And for our first story of the day, we're going local and we're going Sharjah because we love Sharjah. Now, a UAE tech lab is 3D printing 25,000 face shields every week, and they're printing them right here in the UAE. Now, 3D printing has jumped up in use lately because of the ease of access and how quick they can 3D print medical gear. And a lot of companies companies are switching to printing medical gear to, to combat uh, COVID-19. Yes, indeed. And Hani, I honestly never thought face masks would be as vital as they are today. Right here in the UAE, if you're stepping foot outside your house, you need to have a face mask on and you need to have your gloves ready. But having a face mask for every single citizen in the UAE, let alone having multiple face masks, um, let's say you need to leave to the grocery store multiple times in the month, you need to have more than one face mask on hand. That means you need a lot of manufacturers for face masks. And this is exactly where 3D printing comes in handy because right here in Sharjah, in one of the most innovative labs uh, that we know of, Sharjah Research Technology and Innovation Park, uh, Immensa Labs are actually 3D printing, just like you mentioned, 
25,000 face shields every week to make sure that they are meeting the demand for protective gear as the UAE steps up its fight against the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, Immensa Technology Labs, to give you a little bit of an idea, their main uh, focus is typically in the gas and oil sector. So they're not manufacturing any you know, equipment, medical equipment or any protective gear in the past. But now they've actually shifted their entire manufacturing to make sure that they are helping the healthcare facilities with providing such equipment. So uh, they've been developing, designing and producing a variety of face masks that can be used to prevent the coronavirus infection. And these aren't just any 3D printed face shield. They come with a headband and a complete visor or it, it's it, it's not like the blue face mask that you would see, not like the N95. It has a plastic looking clear shield that covers your eyes, your nose and your mouth. So you can make sure that no mucus, nothing from any other person is actually being transferred to you. Um, and this visor is actually made from a very special polymer that repels any viruses and bacteria. So they actually started their production back in March and they were creating more than 5,000 face shields per week. But now they've actually ramped up their production to over 25,000 weekly and they're actually supplying them to both public and private entities across the UAE. Yes, indeed. And for those who are probably wondering, they didn't get the picture how these face masks look yet. Now, they kind of look like riot police masks where they have those <laughs> masks to, pr- to protect from any objects being flown to their face. So this is a big deal. Now, Omnia, I actually was uh, walking uh, to the to the supermarket the other day uh, near, near my area. And uh, you just mentioned the N95s. Now, the N95s are for the big boys. You know, the people who wear N95s, I feel like, hold wait, one second, sir. You're, you're 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 from the big deal. And I was walking. I saw a couple of couple of guys on the supermarket wearing those N95 masks. And I was like, whoa. So if you think the N95 masks are for heavy duty, well, these masks do nothing. They put them in their little pocket, uh, like an Arabic saying, uh, So that's how that's how strong these masks are. You're now, right uh, about that one because they do provide like 180 degree protection. So your mm-hmm. face is completely covered and you're not touching it. You did have a great comment last time about how we constantly touch our faces I'm even touching my with, face right now Omnia. even with your face mask on so with this shield there's no room for you to touch your face and not only that Omnia, this does cover the eyes now we do know the virus can uh get get to you through your eyes which mm-hmm. i mean Man, this virus <laughs> is out for us. I mean, the virus can even enter your eyes, which is crazy. But we're going to be talking about now how Tunisian researchers have developed an AI coronavirus scanner. Now, Tunisian engineers have created a web-based platform that scans the lungs through an x-ray and does evaluate whether or not patients are likely to be suffering from the novel coronavirus COVID-19. But it isn't the first initiative of its kind in the world, but its creators say it is the first to be openly available. And even though it's not a diagnostic tool, the technology does provide a 90% reliable indication of the probability of infection. Now, teachers and students at the Tunisian Engineering and Technology Institute in Tunisia have been developing the platform COVID-19 exam and CTXR images by AI since mid-March. And now with the support of some German developing agencies uh, and the Italian Society of Medical Radiology and the U.S. tech company IBM, they are already combating COVID-19. 
And this just goes to show how everyone is pitching in teachers and students and students are, it's always nice to see the youth that do play their part, but thousands of x-rays of the lungs of both healthy people and COVID-19 patients have been fed into the platform, allowing artificial intelligence or AI to learn to recognize the marks of the virus on the lungs. Now, basically what's going to happen is that this Mm -hmm. artificial intelligence, the AI, is going to read through healthy lungs and lungs that are infected by COVID-19. And then this is where machine learning comes into into play. The the AI is going to learn from uh, from the healthy and the non-healthy lungs and kind of compare them when they do do these, uh, these scans on on actual actual people so basically they're gonna feed uh, these AI information so that it's gonna kind of stick into their brain kind of like how we used to see when we were kids mm-hmm. you put a CD you put a CD of math problems and you stick it in the brain of some uh, cartoon or even all of a sudden, yeah, yeah or even the cards where you have to kind of pick out the difference in between you know both pictures pick out what is different between either um, this is exactly how machine learning actually works it learns from its mistakes and this AI scanner is not perfect you know improvements are still gonna need to be made for patients that are presenting few symptoms because uh, the scanner can pick up on those who have very severe symptoms but people who are asymptomatic or may not be showing all of the symptoms when it comes to the cough when it comes to the the pneumonia in the lungs Mm -hmm. this technology will still need to be developed so that it can actually classify a larger number of images in a very short time and also so at a very low cost. Yes, yes, indeed. And it, what is great about it is that it does have a 90% success rate. Now, 90% is a lot, ladies and gentlemen. So hopefully soon we're going to get through this pandemic and we're all going to go back to our normal lives. But we're going to be taking a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Ghana and how they're turning to drones to enable faster coronavirus testing. So stay tuned right here on Future Talk, only on Pulse 95. You're You're listening listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Check this out. Check this out. Pulse 95. From robots to drones, we have seen the impact of technology when it comes to fighting off COVID-19. The benefits of drone delivery were the most evident in China. We've seen drones deliver food to those who are in quarantine, and we've seen them basically get mad and scream at those who were out in the street and not back in their homes. But now we're seeing drones being tested out in a different part around the world, in Ghana. Um, Now, these delivery drones are going to be sending out test testing kits for coronavirus to all those people who have no access to it. Now, what's interesting about this is this is not the first time drones have been used in Ghana uh, to deliver any medical equipment. You know, the U.S. used to send out, uh, it used to deliver blood vaccines and many other essential medical equipments to all those rural areas with the help of technology. But now, using these drones to send out testing kits will make sure that they are helping save lives a lot more quickly uh, than if they were to use cars to transport all of these testing kits. Yes, indeed. On Megana is using delivery drones to test people for the coronavirus COVID-19 more quickly outside major cities. Now, this is very important, Omnia, because uh, in, in these, uh, just like you said, Omnia, third world countries, it's kind of hard for for for. Uh, for delivery routes to be made, uh, not many of the roads are done. Not, they don't have enough mm-hmm. uh, resources. But with drones, it's quick and it's easy. And the most important thing is it is contactless. Now, these drones will be used 
to deliver or and transport COVID-19 test samples and will allow the government to respond to the pandemic and help save lives more quickly. Now, recently, we did see that Ghana did have 1,042 confirmed infections and nine people were known to have died from COVID-19. Now, Zipline, which is the U.S.-based startup that is in Ghana, did operate its first coronavirus test flight on the 1st of April and will now fly samples collected from more than 1,000 health facilities in rural areas to laboratories in the Ghanaian capital. And the company, which already operates fleets of drones in Ghana and Rwanda to deliver Mm -hmm. blood vaccines and other essential medical equipment to rural areas, is working with the Ministry of Health to arrange the coronavirus sample flights. Now, this is amazing, ladies and gentlemen, because we're seeing again and again how robots are not being used to take over our jobs, just like all you say, but mm-hmm. to help our our lives and jobs easier. Now, instead of having a team of five or ten uh, get into a car or a truck and have contact with people who may be infected with the virus, you have one guy sitting at his computer controlling yeah. five drones at once and getting those medical equipments or or those test samples in, un, in, in record time and up to 60 minutes in some cases. And the best part about it is that it's contactless, it's quick, and it's easy. Absolutely. I mean, coronavirus has definitely changed everything. It's changed how we greet each other, how we work, how children are getting edu- are being educated. And it's definitely pushing public health authorities to develop new ways to deliver health care. So instead of using human power, instead of using cars, that would basically take maybe hours for them to go through all the tough rural and roads. And it's eco-friendly. Definitely. And, you know, they're not going through all these rural roads to collect tests from the, you know, from the hospitals and then send them out uh, for further uh, testing. Uh, It's definitely cutting down on time and helping social distancing become a reality. We've seen it before in China. We're seeing it again in Ghana. Um, And it's definitely been very evident how drones have not only, you know, helped spray disinfectants, helped get people going back home instead of being out in the streets, but now they are quite literally saving lives. So we're going to be taking a short break, but once we come back, we're going to be going back to robots to talk about how they are delivering restaurant foods to homes. We're seeing delivery guys working so hard at such tough times. Instead of being home safe and sound with their families, they're out on the street making sure that our bellies are filled. So let's see if these robots could give these employees some rest. So make sure you stay tuned right here on Future Talk, only on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Tech this out. Tech this Now, if you're thinking we're done talking about robots, well, you're wrong because this is Future Talk and we do love our robots. But we're going to be talking about how Colombia is trialing robots to deliver restaurant food to homes. Now, every time I read Colombia, I read the word Colombia or talk (laughs) about Colombia, I always do remember Narcos and Pablo Escobar because I did love that TV show so much. But a Colombian startup is piloting deliveries by robots as a safe way of getting food to people who are forced to stay home due to the coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic. Now, a lot of us are home, Omni and I are home and doing Future Talk Home Edition so we can stop the spread of COVID-19. Absolutely. And let's, let's imagine this together. 
you have boxy robots traveling on four wheels with a little bit wow with a little orange <laughs> flag on their antenna these robots are tiny but mighty they can carry deliveries of up to 35 square centimeters and they're actually used to transport restaurant orders that are paid for digitally which is again another feature that we've been seeing widespread right here in the UAE if you were to order off of any uh, ordering website let's say Talabot, Zomato, whatever uh, you'll find an option where you can have a contactless delivery so you're not going to have any contact with the delivery guy you pay online and then he'll place your order right in front of your house and you pick it up so kind of a, it's a similar concept because these robots are completing the last mile of the deliveries and they are also being disinfected before and after each use now these robots are currently being operated jointly by a company called rapi and another us-based company called kiwibot and uh, the main aim of implementing such robots is to make sure that they are keeping people's lives safe and easy we see especially when it comes to delivery guys they are risking their lives day in and day out to make sure that our bellies are fed um, and they're filled and such robots are actually able to complete over 120 deliveries every single day um, with the different robots spread all around the city they can work for many hours at a time with no breaks and no rest now these robots are going to be running up until july um, and if they are successful there'll be you know they'll be continuing to operate even hopefully after covid 19 is over um, and in a very competitive world of home deliveries finding robots take part in this competition is definitely an interesting touch yes indeed and uh, the company is called rapi which does remind me of rapido rapido which means quickly or faster in uh, spanish i do believe or even Colum i don't know i don't know i don't know my uh, my spanish that well but i do know rapido means quickly i don't know if it's italian Help or spanish out. so i do so i do, so i do hope that that's what they're trying to refer to as a kind of a wordplay but if you do know spanish do message us at post 95 on instagram and let me know does uh, rapido mean uh, fast in spanish italian or i don't know which other language you know language. french right you know french yes. and english and arabic <laughs> Yes, we 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 must have French fries croissant. I know all of that. Um, I'm very uh, multi. Uh, I know my my language is multilingual. That's the word that I was looking for, Omnia. But uh, like I said, this is very important uh, because contactless delivery is key to stop the spread of the of, of the of coronavirus. And me myself, when I do order online, I do mm -hmm. pay digitally. And uh, thankfully, the the companies here in the UAE are leaving food on. The, on, on the door they're not letting uh, like it's yeah. not hand-to-hand -hand interaction mm -hmm. and when but here's a little bit of a tip uh, that the UAE government did tell us about when you do get your food uh, whether it's from McDonald's KFC or whatever you're ordering from do unpack it and then put it place it on uh, your, your a plate or whatever you're doing yeah. whatever you're eating on and then wash your hands and then eat and then and hopefully uh, nothing will happen because you are taking the, the precautionary and preventive measures when eating but we're going to be talking about what space looked like on the day you were born and if you want to find out how stay tuned right here only on pulse 95 you're listening to pulse 95 pulse 95 how do you tech how, how, how do you tech pulse. 
since we have a lot of free time during quarantine, I decided to see what the space looked like on the day I was born. Not in the specific year, because apparently nothing cool was happening back in 1998 in space. But on April 5, back in 2008, apparently satellites were able to capture an image of the galactic center. So that's basically the center of our Milky Way. And they were able to discover massive stars that were swirling around in the galactic core. But that's just what the space looked like on the day I was born. So now we're going to be telling you about how you can find out what the space looked like on the day you were born. I'm interested to see how the space looked like on the day where you were born, honey. Yes, indeed. Now, I did just open that website up and it says on September 1st in 2009, but I wasn't born in 2009, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it says the image of the Hubble, Hubble Ultra Deep Field included infrared observations that allowed Hubble to peer deeper into the universe than it ever had before. So obviously, uh, September 1st was a remarkable day. Now, it does look like there's a lot of stars in the galaxy, Omnia, believe it or not. <laughs> And as I can see right now, there's a lot of stars. I do see, I believe, the sun. I don't know. It's really bright and it's a dot. But it does look like as, I've, as if I closed my eyes and rubbed my eyes with my hands. <laughs> and it, it looks very starry. But, Omnia, the Hubble Space Telescope has been orbiting the Earth for almost three decades. So we're talking about 30 years of collecting images of planets, stars, and galaxies. But the telescope will mark its 30th birthday on April 24th. And you know what happens on April 24th, Omnia? First day of Ramadan. Yes, I'm so indeed. excited. Yeah, so am I, Omnia. But after first being launched into the atmosphere in 1990, now, believe it or not, 1990 is 30 years ago. Who would know? But you can now peek back through the lens of the Hubble Space Telescope to celebrate its upcoming milestone. Now, NASA did create a new feature on its website that does allow you to see the most interesting Hubble recordings from your own birthday. But you can't search for the year you were born. The feature only allows you to narrow down results by month and day and tells you the most momentous finding from that date in the telescope's history. So even if you were born in 1990, you might yeah. get a result from 1995, for instance, but still on the day of your birth. But results do feature everything from cosmic collisions to otherworldly images of faraway galaxies. But on April 20th, 2008, for example, the Hubble telescope did capture an infrared image of the center of the Milky Way galaxy. Now, what's interesting about it is that the telescope was actually named after astronomer Edwin Hubble, which is the reason why uh, the whole space telescope is now called the Hubble Space Telescope. What's interesting about this is even though there are no plans to retire the telescope, which has so far undergone about, I think, five services in its lifeline or lifetime, NASA is hoping to operate this Hubble telescope alongside other ones uh, that are planned to be launched in 2021. This may sound a little bit like a part of science fiction, but it is real life, ladies and gentlemen. And even though you can't search for the year you were born, at least you can find out how special the day and the month you were born in are. So go ahead, check it out. It's all available on NASA's website. That is nasa.government or gov. Um, and the minute you open it, you'll find an option of Hubble Space Telescope that is going to tell you what did the Hubble see on your birthday. Looking at the telescope, it's exploring the universe 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So that means it has definitely observed some 
fascinating cosmic wonder every day of the year, including on your birthday. So go check it out. Look at what happened on your birthday and come share it with us. Slide into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio on Instagram. I, I remember... I mean, I remember on the 1st of September 2009 where I was. What? What? Really? What? Which, yeah, which was the day which was the day that image was taken. So I remember that I was at my uncle's house and subhanallah, I was celebrating my birthday and up in space something was going on crazy because just like we said Omnia, uh, the Hubble Space uh, Space Telescope does mm-hmm. take pictures of something crazy happening on that day. So in that 30 year span on September 1st, 2009, something was going crazy in space. Yes, indeed. And we want to know what was happening on the day you were born. So make sure you check it out and share it with us on at Pulse95 Radio. But this marks the end of Future Talk. We'll be returning tomorrow, bright and early, bright and early in the afternoon from 2 to 3 p.m. But Depends it is, oh, when you wake up, Omnia. Oh, yes. But it is someone's birthday today. It's Omar yes, Adouri's birthday. Yes, it is Omar Adouri's birthday, the host of the halftime show where it's the only place to be at three. So happy birthday to Omar Habibi. He's like a big brother to me. And I do wish him a fantastic year. And hopefully the next time we do celebrate his birthday, we won't be in quarantine. Yes, indeed. Future Talk will be returning tomorrow. But until then, we're going to be leaving you in the safe hands of the dream team. Aisha Mazmi and Mikhail Atiyah will keep you entertained with all the latest updates happening in the entertainment industry. Until then, stay home, stay safe, keep quarantining, and keep Pulse95 locked. We'll see you next time. This is Pulse95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.